Welcome back to the Profit Your Knowledge podcast. Today, I feel is just going to be kind of a harsh reality and reality check for a lot of people. And it's going to be in a, in a, in a loving way, of course. Uh, today, I'm bringing on Kristen Fitch, and she has been in the online marketing space and just involved with entrepreneurship and being out in the world, sharing our ideas for over 20 years. And she has a lot of knowledge to share. And we were talking right before we started hitting record that, you know, you can have all the different strategies and tactics and everything, but if you don't got the right kind of mindset, then that's going to keep you stuck for a long time. And it's just like, I think there's going to be a lot of juicy stories and ideas to come from this, but um, I'm really excited to bring on Kristen Fitz. So how are you doing today, Kristen? Hi, James. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. And yeah, I'm really excited for this conversation because I don't always get to talk about these things, but I think one of the things that I'm looking forward to is just sharing some of the lessons that I've learned, you know, doing multiple things and starting different businesses over the years that I think can help people, you know, maybe from wherever they're at, whether they're just starting with digital products or whether they're more established, maybe they can get a nugget from this conversation that'll kind of help um, set a fire under them for where they're at and where they're going. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think there'll be a lot of, uh, a lot of nuggets in this and I a hundred percent agree. Like it's, there comes a point where like, you know, everything you need to do, you just have to do it. And it's that just doing it part that is so difficult for people and kind of that self-discipline to just like come up with a simple plan that you can execute and then execute it. It's like, wow, it sounds so simple, but people freeze in terms of that. So I'd love to know, Kristen, as you've gained more experience in just entrepreneurship, starting businesses, building digital products and making offers, et cetera, over the last 20 years, what do you feel has become more important to you and why? So I think for me, uh, and so this is less about, you know, things around digital products, but I keep, I've been on kind of a journey of not doing so much of what um, maybe was going to get me a lot of traction, but moving more into um, aligning my work with what I, I felt was more at the soul level. Like, so in other words, I'm doing less of work because I have to and more work because I want to, mm -hmm. or that I love it. So I've been, I guess you can say I've been paring down. I've been getting more clear on what I want to do for the next 10, 20 plus years and trying to move towards that instead of just do create stuff to create stuff that might make money. Right. Yeah, totally. And I think that the alignment piece is really big, mm -hmm. you know, to, to set your business up for the lifestyle that you ultimately want. Cause I feel like that's a big reason why people get into like coaching or just online business and sharing mm -hmm. things. Cause yes, they want to make money even, and you can make money of like fast and just like grind, but it's not sustainable. It's not right. something that's going to work for you. So you can take two weeks off. I was talking to someone like they, they make six figures a year, you know, and people are like, Oh, it's my goal. I want to do that. Um, but they were just grinding and they're like, I can't stop working. I, if I'm going to hit six figures to take care of my kids and my family, I have mm -hmm. to be working. And they had some medical condition come up and they're like, I, I can't even miss like a day. And it's like, mm -hmm. I love the, the reference in, I think it's in the four hour work week with Tim Ferriss, mm -hmm. where he has the analogy and example of like, if you, uh, got some serious illness, you went to the doctor and it was this chronic problem. And they said, you only have like one hour per mm -hmm. day that you can work. Otherwise your heart's going to explode basically. It's like, right. what are you going to do in that situation? And I think it's important as a business owner to put ourselves in that shoes and think about what we're doing. Absolutely. Well, it's funny too, the books that when I was thinking about the conversation today, 
that, you know, I have some examples to possibly share and neither of them are new books. Like they didn't just come out and I have tons of new books, but these two really spoke to me about what I thought we may talk about. And one of them's called One Thing by Gary Keller and he's in the real estate industry, right? But what one of the things that stood out to me about what you just said was that he talks about, and I know you've shared about Fredo's um, law before, Mm -hmm. but he says, no, you have to take it. So Fredo's law is the 80-20, right? So most of our results or our money comes from 20% of our effort. But he says, no, even with your to-do list, if you have 20 things to do, you pare it down to, right, the top couple, that would be Pareto's law. But he's saying, no, pare it down to the single one thing, mm-hmm. right? He calls it the domino effect. But if you find the one thing that you can do today that will push more dominoes down tomorrow and the next day to get you to your big goal. But the point is, most of us try to do so many things. To your point, if you only had one hour because you're unwell or because that day you're spending time with your family or whatever. Yeah. Are you working at a job or something? Yeah. Yeah. Like think about it like this. If I came on your podcast and I reached some, uh, some uh, new audience, you know, somebody that might say, Oh, I didn't even know about her. Now I know about her. Was that more, more important than me spending, you know, four hours doing something else. In other words, we have to get more clear on what's that one thing instead of just being so busy in the productivity. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think it's, it's thinking about those actions that lead to the ripple effect, or like you said, the yeah. domino, I just started reading expert or revisited expert secrets with uh, Russell Brunson. And I read Gary Keller's book a long time ago. Yeah. It's a top mm-hmm. read. Uh, but the, the whole question is circled around what he calls the focusing question. That's what we're talking about here. Of mm-hmm. What's the one thing I can do that by doing that is going to make everything else easier or totally unnecessary. And right. yeah, in uh, expert secrets, they were talking about that too, where, uh, it was like an event. You had to be a millionaire to be there uh, to like qualify to be at the event. And some lady, Tim Ferriss was there. Some woman raised her hand and was like, Tim, like, what is your typical work? Do I need to know about your productivity system? And he's like, honestly, it's so boring. He's like, you'd probably just be bored to death watching it. Cause like I'll wake up or drink some coffee or tea. I might read a book. I might go for a walk and I'm just kind of lounging for the majority of the day because he's thinking in his head, what's mm-hmm. that one thing that's going to make everything else easier or totally unnecessary. So I, I kind of like to know, um, cause I've been doing this a lot recently. For example, this morning I did, um, you know, I, I had a tendency for a little while and I caught it luckily. And then I started to be like, Oh, I'm actually going to change that where I'd kind of just like start rushing and I get, I can get a little frantic at times, especially if it's like a new idea, um, with something. And I, I took my dog on a walk and I was just slowing down. So I'd love to know what, what kind of stuff do you like to do in your life, Kristen, that's helped you in terms of slowing down and getting in touch with that big domino? Mm. Yeah, it's the same for me. So what I've found is because I'm definitely a doer and I'm definitely like a creative idea person. I mean, I could spin out stuff like that all day long, every day. Okay, right. So I have to be careful. Right. And I can definitely burn out from that. And so. I, so what I have to do is I could have big to-do lists, but I have to often step away from my computer and step away from my doing to allow my, my brain time to reset, regroup, kind of calm down and then have those ideas of inspiration. And the inspiration might not be like, oh, this is a great idea. It's what's that one thing that I've really been wanting to do or the person I want to reach out to, or, mm-hmm. you know, the work that feels most, um, you know, kind of like I feel connected to it or, you know, how sometimes you're walking or you're sitting outside. And like you said, I'll have an idea. And I'm like, oh, I really want to write about this or I want to do a video about this. But if I was sitting at my desk all day, I would be trying to push content. In other words, Mm -hmm. I'd be forcing it. And so I find taking breaks, you know, I say creative detours 
uh, just or allowing your time, your health space and time, that's actually work. In other mm -hmm. words, it's part of what should be uh, designed into our workday is having more space in between appointments or projects or interviews or whatever it might be, because that's actually some of when we do our best work, right? That's mm -hmm. when our brain can actually put everything together we've been working on. So yeah, that's what I do as well. I take a lot more breaks and I, I actually keep my Monday and Friday schedules opened. I don't schedule appointments or client meetings or anything on Mondays and Fridays typically. Mm -hmm. So those are always blocked off for me just to do either creative work or to be honest, if Friday afternoon, I'm pretty looking pretty good for the week, I will go to the beach, right? I'll go to, for the beach for the afternoon. And even if that means I have to do work Saturday morning, because maybe it's a nicer day Friday. Mm -hmm. So I try to just have more space in my schedule so that I don't get overbooked and um, burned out from that. Totally. Yeah. I've been, um, uh, again, recently I had this like phase in my life where like I, I'm working on stuff. I have my big domino that I'm working on now because I'm familiar with these practices, but I just like noticed that I got in this like sense of kind of like being frantic in a way with my energy in terms of that, yes. even though I have a clear game plan, I'm executing it, et cetera, doing what I need to do. But I just noticed that my energy was frantic like that. And I think like to dovetail off what you just said, it's so important to slow down and to give ourselves that space and be like hypersensitive to how we're feeling because yeah. you can't really like come up with something really effective and find that big domino. I feel when you're being super frantic and stressed out because your brain's just like bouncing off the walls, you have to slow down. And if you read books about like Thomas Edison, who's trying to create the incandescent light bulb, there's a story about how he'd sit in a rocking chair and hold a physical rock until he like got to a drowsy sleep and he would drop the rock and that would wake him up. But he would tap into this, like um, this like meditation that he was doing. Yeah. And that allowed him to come up with ideas where he could create the incandescent light bulb. But he had to get in this really relaxed, quote unquote, drowsy kind of state to let those ideas really flow. So I feel like when we're frantic and just pushing too much instead of rolling with the river, that it's a lot harder to come up with those real key moving action steps. Yeah. And honestly, I'm going to I'm going to share a little uh, truth here with you, but it's it's sort of tied to that. But it's also relevant to what you speak to. And I think this will help some people. So I, you know, way back in 2008, I started a family early education website and blog, actually with my mom, who's a children's author, illustrator, mm. and I knew digital, right? So we started it in over 10 plus years, we had, uh, you know, 10, 15 million people come through the sites cumulatively, a very large email list. We sold workbooks, we still do. And then we had about 20 books with eBooks with Barnes & Noble. We had advertising dollars. So don't get me wrong. It was never a huge success because we were such a small company. Like we never scaled. We never took any investment dollars. But the point is, is so I had done all these things. Well, I knew that organic traffic through writing blogs and things like that is where it was at. We've done online games. I've now have two pod, two podcasts that I've done one for two years and one for about eight months. And one of the mistakes I made again was that I got so excited to finally get my podcast launched. Even, you know, I bought my microphone years before that. I just, things had changed. I didn't spend the time to write up blog posts for every one of my podcasts. And yes, mm -hmm. sometimes I've transcribed the audio, but here's my point. I've been, you know, podcasting. I've done apps in the app store. I've done blogging. I've done all these things. To this day, our family sites that we still own, 
still generate so much traffic, not as much as it did. I've not done any new content in years mm. and we still get, you know, it used to be a couple hundred thousand people a month to that site, at least now it's more like 10 to 20, 30,000 without me generating any new content. So what right. I'm saying is blogging, the pillar posts, they actually do work. And I do think they're still the number one strategy for people that are able to write you know, for what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Podcasting. I love it. We can talk about that, but I'm telling you the pillar posts, they just drive traffic even more than blogs do for longer. And so I would say one of my, not mistakes, but one of the things I didn't put the time in. Mm -hmm. And so allowing myself to think about what's my top domino in June, that is one of the dominoes I'm actually moving back towards is Mm -hmm. spending more time on writing or getting them on the site and less time um, creating podcast content. So mm-hmm. that I can kind of get those things matched back up. Yeah. Well, yeah, totally. Cause I mean, podcasting is great for, you know, depending on the style that you do, uh, it's great for connecting with people. And on my podcast, I recently, I was doing a solo podcast for a while, just kind of experimenting mm-hmm. and it was doing okay, you know, slowly building an audience. But then I started doing a couple get, I did a random guest one time or not random. It was just a coach and friend of mine and it was really fun. And, um, it, it got good traction, like better than my solo episodes. So I'm like, oh, cool. That's, that's awesome. So I started doing more of these guesting posts and it's been so great because I think podcasting has a place in the game. Um, if you have a big social media presence or email list, then you can be like, Hey, go review my podcast, go listen to it. And then that'll help it grow. But like, it's kind of, it's really hard as far as I know to grow it from scratch unless you use it to connect with people. Cause I mean, I'll connect with people and sometimes people end up wanting to work with me and then cool. I booked a client through my podcast, but we get right. to create a cool piece of content together that is helpful. So I can push traffic to it. And they're like, wow, this is a great podcast. It mm-hmm. gets to showcase my guests, but also I have guests who invite me onto like their podcast or to right. speak at an event in front of a bunch of people. That's my ideal right. audience. And I'm like, that is how I have learned over the years to really leverage a podcast. But I agree with you that like blogging, I like YouTube, uh, but it's yeah. still search based and that's it can, right. and like your post, you created them years ago and they're still getting traffic mm-hmm. and that's smart business. That's smart online right. business. And it always leads to growing your email list. Same thing with mm-hmm. YouTube. I do the same thing. It's just, right. I favor the YouTube side. Um, but that is a huge domino that I always recommend to people. It's like, it's free. It takes work. Yes. It takes experiment. It takes showing up consistently, right. but it pays off. It's like investing over, over time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what I say to people. And one of the things I would even say to your audience is, what is your goal right now? So whether you're just stepping into something or whether you're established, what is your goal in the next 30 to 90 days? Because that will determine what is it next to digital product, complete digital product? Is it doing something new like podcasting to, you know, for lead gen to a product? What is it? So right. In other words, is it that you need to make money tomorrow as, you know, as quick as possible? Or is it for exposure or building a bigger audience. So I think it so much has to do with what's your goal. And then, you know, um, what was it? What's your goal? And then what's, what's your desired outcome and then decide, you know, how you're going to deliver the digital product or deliver the content. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear from you based on your career and your experience. Um, what, what kind of advice would you wish that someone gave to you when you started out? Yeah. So I, there's a couple things. And I think while they might seem simple, I think they're kind of important. So I think one is the people that tend to have the most growth in business, whether your growth looks like just a couple, you know, extra income every month or whether it looks like you want to build a, you know, multi-million dollar business over time, 
you need a small group of people that you that can hold you accountable that are at a similar place to you that will help you grow and will help push you, you know, that you can lean on and they can lean on you. But I think, mm-hmm. in other words, yes, you want people that are ahead of you, but you have to have people that are going to push you because every person that's had great growth, they didn't stay comfortable where they were at. They saw what other people that were doing something similar were doing. So I think that's one is, and it can't be a huge group, like 500 people in the group. That's not what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. right? Like a, a handful of people, you know, like a mastermind or whatever you want to call it. It does not have to be, you know, just a group of friends because you've met them and they're in a similar space. But I think that's super important. In other words, ask for help and get it and also let them pull you along and vice versa. So that's one thing that I think often, I think I tried to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the next thing I'd say is um, perfect is definitely the enemy right? Just release it as a beta. It's totally okay. And no one's, especially if it's going to be a freebie or even if it's paid, most of us care about how you're saving us time or money, or you're putting all the information together so that we don't have to spend the time or whatever it is. So it doesn't have to be perfect. You just have to get it out because you can always iterate. You can always improve it. You can add to it or change it. Mm -hmm. So don't keep working on it. And that has to do with, um, you know, the Parkinson's law, which is we will fill the time. In other words, it's the um, work expands to fill the time that's available. So I'm saying if you're thinking of doing a digital product or a new expanding on something, like do it today or say in a week. You don't need months. You don't need, you know, you don't need a long time to get out the beta. And so I'd say give yourself actually a really tight deadline. Mm-hmm. I just talked with a woman the other day for my podcast and she wrote her first book. Uh, it was actually on fertility and stuff in 16 hours. Well, it's because she's been already doing the work for five years, Mm -hmm. right? So she knew it so well, she didn't need to take six months to write a book. She already had all the information. She just needed to get it into written form. And so that's what I'm saying is a lot of times we already have the information. We just don't realize it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's probably the other thing I'd say is, um, I think as you, I'm sure say to people, we already have information or skills or knowledge right now that we can actually package, right? And we can mm-hmm. provide to people of something of value. So like do it now. And if you're not sure, bet on yourself, bet on what you know, go ask people, you know? And so those are some of the things I'd say, but I think the other thing is, um, yeah, well, I guess that, I guess that's it for right the second. <laughs> okay. No, I, I 100% agree. If I could just grab the old version of me, like when I was starting out, and I was thinking about courses and stuff, I would be, I would like grab them and smack them and be like, don't think about anything, find a problem, a consistent problem that people face, find a solution for it, and then create a minimum viable product. So I always tell people, create a mini course first. Always start with mini courses if you're gonna build courses, because it's just like, you find the problem. The hardest part, I think, with creating a course and what I've learned is, um, and it can be any program really, coaching program is a bit different because you can customize as you go. So I think it's good to work with people first when you're doing coaching before you create a course Absolutely. Um, to have at least a baseline. But if you can find the great idea first, that is like half the battle. When I work with people, it's all about product research because you can find the yeah. thing that majority of your audience is struggling with. The majority of them want to achieve and you find the trend, the top three or the top performing out of those three then yeah, you have a, you have a solid product that's virtually guaranteed to sell. And then from there, it's just thinking, okay, I know what the problem is. I know where they're at, where they want to be, what's getting in the way. Then what are five steps that I can give this person? 
you know, I think five is a great number, five to seven, but just stick with five. And those are going to be your lessons. Step one's this, step two. And then that's like, you can film that in your iPhone, like so easy or create some slides in, in Google slides or keynote or something and then record it. And now you have a baseline course that you can sell. If it's, if you've done the research, then it's going to be valuable and it's really short and actionable. You can charge, you know, 50 to a hundred bucks for that, depending on what it is, just to get you going, get some people into the door. And what people don't realize, like you're saying, is like, they want to get it perfect. And I was guilty of this for so long, mm -hmm. especially with courses. And I waste so much time instead of just getting it out there, getting people in the door, getting feedback and then adjusting it. And, you know, you can pump it up and add more lessons and modules and worksheets, et cetera, down the road by getting feedback from the audience and the people inside of it. And then you have this killer product that you can sell for like 500 bucks or something. Yeah. Well, and on that, I would just say really not joking about the perfect your enemy. You don't need all the tools and products to start with either. And don't get me wrong. I love all those things. Like I totally test like six or seven at a time, like in a suite, you know, to whatever I'm looking for to kind mm -hmm. of see which one I think the best, <clears throat> but Really, even if you have videos, you can put them in a Google Drive or Dropbox to start with and, you know, send the links to the people you can, you know, pay through PayPal. In other words, yeah, if you already have it all set up, great. Do it the the nice way, right, through one of the programs that does it all for you. But you don't have to start the way. Really, the bigger issue is get started so that you can start, you know, getting people that are working with you and that you can start bringing in the money or vetting the idea, right? Or if it's not going to work, then you need to kind of pivot. Right. Yeah. I'd love to hear from you because as I have, and I guarantee you have, you've invested in a lot of different mentors and coaches and courses, yeah. et cetera, to grow your business specifically. Uh -huh. And I would love to just hear, cause I was thinking about this the other day in my own life, <clears throat> but like, what is like this, this most simple way that you can kind of tell us the process of like what good online businesses or just good businesses. And I guess kind of like wrap up what you've learned in a nutshell from all of these and the common commonality with all of them. Yeah, I guess what I've learned is through all the things I've done, all the trainings I've done, people I've worked with, it actually is the people that give you the most straightforward, clear, simple information and actionable steps, the, the better it is. In other words, when we when we kind of heal everything back and you can get from where you're at to where you're trying to go in the least amount of steps, mm -hmm. right, in the least amount of time, I think that those are the products that usually helped me the most. It was in other words, if I tried to do 20 things, went through a program, it, it was too much, right? I, it was actually when somebody got really simple, they got really clear and it was a smaller tangible thing, smaller outcome. In other mm -hmm. words, I think those actually have had more impact on me and I've found actually work better with people. In other words, a lot of us are trying to put too much information into our products or into our processes. And I think people actually struggle with that. We're all busy bombarded um so i'd say that's one thing is simplify and two i think because there's so much right we're getting hit with so much stuff like emails and social media every second your message and i've struggled with this your message just has to be so clear on who you're helping who you're serving and how and i think a lot of us especially when you're pivoting like i've been pivoting kind of how i'm working in the world i it's taken me longer than i thought it would have to work on that messaging but it's mm. it's really the one of the cruxes right is like how do I know if, or who, how do people know if they should work with me if it, if it doesn't kind of hit, right? If it doesn't hit them. Mm. So I, I'd say those are some of the things that I think are really important. Yeah. Yeah. I think to like sum up what I've learned with all the different investments I've made is that like, I don't know, I had this realization where I was like, no one's coming to save me. 
And I just kept like investing in things thinking I'm going to find like the thing, the thing, this is going to be the one. And then I'd make the investment and then I'm like, okay, it's just a lot of the same stuff that I feel like I'm keep hearing. And it's like underneath it all, I think it really just does come down to like finding the problem or problems that you passionately want to solve in the world mm -hmm. and then solving the problem for people and making products and offers where you basically solve their problem and you present it to them, make an offer. And it's like, Hey, I solved the problem for you and I can help you with it. Here it is. And like you do research to actually know that it, it is solving the problem and then you just offer it to them. And like, that's in a, like the most simplest terms, like that's what business is. But I feel like people just overcomplicate it and they start like dabbling in tech and adjusting their website. And it's like, well, are you actually like getting out and solving this person's problem? Are you creating content that answers their questions? Are you inviting people to dive deeper with you so you can offer them something? Cause like in the end, your business really, what I've learned is like, it, it comes down to the amount of like connections you make and the amount of offers or invites you make to work with you. Like that is like the most simplest way that I can really put it. And you have to kind of just find the way that's fun for you to do that consistently. Yeah. And that's, I mean, Seth Godin says that, right. That people don't buy like your program or your they, sales aren't there. It's really about sales, about relationship and about, you know, like connection. It's not about, you know, cause you literally could go to 10 people, a hundred people that have a program to increase your email list, probably a thousand people, but it's about where does the person match, right? So it's the stories and the relationship. That's mm -hmm. how people decide, oh, this is who I want to work with. This is who I think will help me. And uh, so I think, and the other thing, as you said, because I've bought plenty of things too. One thing that uh, I think was so cool that someone, I, I have their book, Emily P. Freeman, she said, you, uh, you shouldn't seek like all these things, these courses, while you're trying to still figure out what it is you're doing. Mm -hmm. it, you should only look for something like that when it's going to help you solve your own problem, not right. figure out what you're doing, you know? So in other words, you need clarity before you actually can benefit from those things. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it makes a huge difference. And, and I, I did the same thing. Like I, you know, I dabbled around with different niches and stuff when I first yeah. started and I would like pay for an ad agency and I'm like, why isn't it working? And looking back, it's like, well, no, duh, didn't work. But like, I wouldn't see that now unless right. I had done that stuff back in the yeah. day. I think that's another thing with like, entrepreneurship in general and going about this, like people want what like the, the glory or whatever that comes with it or seems to, but they don't, they don't want to just kind of like, they're not willing to just fall on their face. And I think you have to have that, like I'm in this for as long as it takes mindset and I'm willing to fall on my face. So I'm going to put on my armor and just run into the battlefield best I can. And like, yeah, get better. And I think that, I think that that's what separates like the real entrepreneurs that actually end up winning and the ones that end up quitting. Cause that's really the difference. It's not really winners or losers. It's just the people who stay in it long enough to win. Exactly. Right. They say that every time it has most of the time it's people wanted to quit and they did not And it's literally like, wait, months or a year or two years later, it's, they saw what the world sees as wild success, but it took them, you know, 10 years, 15 years to get there in many cases. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. We're going to start, we're going to start wrapping this up and I would just love to, I mean, I love everything that we talk about. I feel like you and I could talk about stuff for hours, <laughs> but yeah, we're going to keep the episode short. Uh, Kristen, where can people connect with you? What's the best place to get into your world? Yeah. So you can find me at kristenfitch.com and it's all eyes and on Instagram. That's probably the 
best uh, next place. It's just at Kristen Fitch. And my podcast is Building a Life You Love. And James, if people are interested, if you go to kristenfitch.com slash purpose, I just have a little sheet for people that are trying to kind of figure out what can they offer in the world. It's just mm. really like questions and things to get you thinking about um, maybe what your skills and talents are. What are you, what's your reason for it? So they're welcome to grab that. It's just a little freebie for, uh, for people if they're interested. Cool. I don't have that link, but I will add it. Kristenfitch.com slash purpose, correct? Yeah. Uh-huh. Awesome. For the listener, um, take one thing from this episode that's just kind of sticking in your ear and apply it. If it's just taking a little bit more time to step away from your busyness and ask yourself that question, like what, what's the, the one thing that I can do that would make the biggest impact, make everything else easier, totally unnecessary and marinate that question. Just kind of sit there and think about it and get somewhere that's peaceful for you. Go on a hike, go to the beach, like Kristen, <laughs> go to the mountains, whatever it is you like to do. And um, really think about it because that has been a huge piece to my overall progress. And yeah, no one's coming to save you. All you can do is really like learn from people, get a community like Kristen mentioned or people around you and just apply and just move forward and, you know, um, yeah, have the pursuit and just fall in love with the pursuit and then you're going to find your path. No doubt about it. So uh, take what you learned here, get out there, make something happen and we will see you in the next one.